they really are creating a dual reality. It's brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant scheme. The fact that a lot of us know what's going on in the news and know the context and other people have no clue, that is a feature of division. Now, I'm trying to recall who was the first entity to want to divide mankind. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Does that seem a weird thing, a dual reality? I mean, obviously we know about um, mass formation psychoses. We mentioned that banned topic again on the show yesterday. But as I'm, I'm, I'm spending more time thinking about the necessity of us living in truth, and realizing the effect of all these lies adds up to the party being able to do whatever they want to people. Um, the more I think about the brilliance of the one-sided approach to reporting, uh, it's a, just a brilliant scheme. I, and honestly, I can't wait until uh, Zach comes on uh, an hour or two, Zach Abraham, and to hear him. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I don't tell him what's coming because I want to play for him, uh, like sounds like this Janet Yellen thing. She's on with Wolf Blitzer, and it is phenomenal that he actually asked the question, hey, was Joe Biden wrong or were you wrong about inflation? So we'll ask him about that. And I can't fathom, I can't, that she didn't see this coming. But Zach has told us time and time again that these people are the worst forecasters in the world, but they're always wrong in the wrong direction. They're always wrong in the, in, in, in the exact same way. That is that they're gods. So Zach from Bulwark Capital Management will join us um, in hour two. So this dual reality, this is sort of a fascinating feature of what the party is doing because you would think that after watching CNN's ratings just get decimated and MSNBC never really made it, they're supported by social justice seeking uh, virtue signaling corporations who want to be, you know, that but it's certainly not, and they may wait, and it may be, in fact, that they get very loyal response from that. It might be that the social justice types go out and buy product based upon that. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe the big secret is the MSNBC ads aren't really about reaching people. They're about conning people. That would be convenient. And all of this, it's, it's always biblical. The more I spend time in the word, <laughs> the more I understand it's always biblical. And I think here about Hebrews 4, uh, verses 13 through 15, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes uh, of, of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who's ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us firmly hold to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And we can go through the Bible and talk continually about the fact that the Lord is sees all and is going to see all. Now, to me, this gives me great comfort. 
to me, it gives me great cheer. For we are seeing the truth and the full context in this stuff. And it terrifies me in one way that other people are not. But as we talked about on the show yesterday, the, the Lord does this. He creates times where people simply cannot see the danger is on this in, in, the, in a fleshly way. The danger to the body and the bodies of our loved ones uh, is the fact that absurdities and when you can get people to believe them, it gets you down the path of being able to commit mass atrocities. And we talked uh, yesterday in the program about common everyday atrocities and they are atrocities. And the lies and the culture of lies, I, I, I think of, I think of, of the Lord and his, you know, he, he displays to us his personality. And he's very willing, as we've said on the show, to let people live to their own devices. But do you think he, I, I don't know the answer to this, but do you think he ever looks at, at them and goes, really? Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, no, I don't think the Lord of the universe can be surprised this is a constant wonder to me as I, as, I, as I play amateur theologian, because man, I'm no theologist, or I'm a theologian, pardon me. But I, I, I wonder if the Lord ever just allows himself to be amused. I mean, he could, he could allow anything. So for instance, Joe Biden in, in his speeches this past week, and I'm sorry, I'm just getting to this. It has been an incredibly busy news week and, 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 and week in general. From being a truck driver <laughs> to pretending to have a meeting with an Amtrak um, conductor. This is from Red State. It's a brilliant piece. Joe Biden was at the Naval Academy Friday to address the graduating class of 2022. So what did he do? He claimed to have received an appointment to the Naval Academy. Uh, before I begin my speech, a uh, thought crossed my mind, such as my mind is. I added that part. Uh, I was told the class of 72s here. Uh, I was appointed to the Navy Academy, 65 by Senator, uh, running against uh, in 72. I <laughs> uh, never planned it that way. I wasn't old enough to be sworn in. I was only 29 years old. I started running. He's a fine man. His name is Jay Caleb Hoggs. Uh, I didn't come to the Naval Academy because I wanted to be a football star. You guys had a guy named Staubach and, and Bellino here, so I went to Delaware. And, and this Red State points out, no, this never happened. He graduated from Delaware in 1965. He wouldn't have been able to get an appointment to the Academy at that time. He, he never decided against going there. He continues... To, to, to make this appear to be a reality. Why? Because he wants the sheen of heroism. He wants to be able to claim that. He also lied about the number of times that he's been to Iraq and Afghanistan, openly lied. And then there's this. I mean it, uh, you really are. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan uh, over 40, uh, I think 38 times. My son spent a year in Iraq, won the Bronze Star, conspicuous uh, service medal. I lost him. The Politico, same time as Biden is trying to pull this. Remember, they're creating dual realities. In the reality of a lot of people, Bo Biden died in, in, in combat. Now, Biden's service should be celebrated like everybody who serves should have their service celebrated if it's honorable service. But he's implied this consistently in the past. And then there's this. 
his 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 whisper. And you know what? I forgot to record this, but it's his whisper. I'm your commander in chief. So don't ask me any tough questions, okay? Now, this is a sign of this, this mass level of disingenuousness. But it is also a sign and a signal of this dual reality they're creating. There's a reality in which Joe Biden was appointed to the Naval Academy, but because he couldn't compete with Roger Staubach on the football team, he went to Delaware. There, that, that reality exists in people's minds. And to me, this gives me good cheer because it means that you and I are part of a group of people who have not been sucked into the lie machine. Now, we may believe lies for let's understand something. We're not perfect, but if we ground ourselves, I, and I firmly believe this, I mean, there's nothing in the Bible about Joe Biden. And there's nothing in the Bible about the Naval Academy. Of that, I'm quite certain. But if we practice living in the truth, that is the, the word of God, and we make that our focus, we make that our base, we make that our foundation, then I think we practice living in truth. And with the truth with us, I think we are better able to sense these lies. Now, now anybody knows when Joe Biden's lying because he's talking. Oldest, oldest political joke in the book, but it's a fact. He is a congenital liar and he has been his entire career. And to pretend otherwise is folly. But I'm remembering 10 years ago, and this is courtesy of Newsbusters. They actually did the remembering. They reminded me. Um, looking back 10 years ago, when they were uncomfortable, Chris Hayes was uncomfortable calling our soldiers heroes. And this was, and you remember, it was, it was only three years ago that Jake Tapper, who I think genuinely does love our veterans, but Jake Tapper is part of the lie machine. Jake Tapper can't see the truth so often. Jake Tapper was retweeting that Antifa are just like our guys who landed on the beaches of Normandy. And the other beaches on, on, on D-Day, right? Because they're anti-fascists. There was that effort to equate street terrorists with our soldiers who faced, well, I mean, they were told, hey, look, guys, five out of 10 of you are going to die. Thank the Lord it wasn't quite that. But this was Chris Hayes 10 years ago when he was being honest, and at least I give him credit because I do think he's being honest because he sounds really reluctant to say this because he knows it's an absurdity. We're thinking today and observing a Memorial Day that will be happening tomorrow. I just talked with Lieutenant Colonel Steve Burke, who was a casualty officer with the Marines and had to tell people. And um, I, 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 uh, back, sorry. Um, I think it's interesting because it is, I think, very difficult to talk about the war dead and the fallen without invoking valor, without invoking the words heroes. Um, and why do I feel so comfortable about the word hero? I feel comfortable, uncomfortable about the word hero because it seems to me that it is so rhetorically proximate to justifications for more war. <laughs> um, and I don't want to obviously desecrate or disrespect the memory of anyone that's that's fallen and obviously there are individual circumstances in which there is genuine and tremendous heroism of you know hail of gunfire and rescuing fellow soldiers and things like that but it seems to me that we we marshal this word in a way that um is problematic but maybe i'm wrong about that 
maybe you uh, are broadcasting from a building guarded by former soldiers. Maybe you are broadcasting from 30 Rock that has armed guards throughout. Some openly armed, most not. Uh, Yeah, I've been to 30 Rock. Yeah, I've been through the screening process a bunch of times. Yeah, I've stood in that studio. Yeah, I remember the screening process. And to hit this to the center, they still celebrate Bo Biden's death. And I do mean celebrate. It's the seventh anniversary of Bo Biden's death. And this is news. This is national news. Which leads me to this. They know the reality they're creating. They're not all stuck in it. They're not all just creatures of the lie machine. They're they're, they're not all just taken in by mass formation psychosis. They know that they have to attach something to Biden in the way of military heroism. So they're trying it with his son. Biden's demented mind knows that most people who go to a speech of that man can be fooled, although the naval graduates had to go. It's purposeful to create this dual reality. It's useful to them, which takes the lie to a far different level. I mean, if they were just taken in by the lie machine themselves, and if they just were suffered mass formation psychoses, that would be one thing, but they're not. The very fact that they understand it's useful means they know when they don't use it. And they know when they're trying to use it. Likewise, this. Um, When a meme can explain a circumstance, right? What was it saying? Brevity's at the heart of wit. Back when I thought I was clever, uh, back working in in technology, when I was at Microsoft, I uh, I had a signature line from my mobile phone. Brevity's at the heart of mobility. It was, no, forgive my brief reply, brevity's at the heart of mobility. Man, that was clever. So clever. But when you can take, that was ironic, by the way, when you can take a little meme and describe a circumstance, that means it's pretty easy to describe. Clinton's team made it all up. Durham found out easily, and Clinton's team admits it now. Yet no one seems curious as to how the Mueller-Weissman investigation could spend two years, 40 million bucks, 2,800 subpoenas, use 40 agents, 19 DOJ lawyers, 500 witnesses, and not figure it out. Because that wasn't the purpose. Because the purpose, as I see it, was to put legs under the story. And this takes this lie to a gargantuan level because now we're at the level of drama of producing a $40 million drama that's supposed to be an investigation. And the reason I can smile through this is one, you and I know, and it's great that we know. The other reason I smile through it is because all of this, the Lord watched in detail. And being the the, the Lord of all, the creator of the universe, the same God who spoke to the Hebrews before they became known as Israel, that same God who went through this with, with the Israeli people and other people throughout time immemorial, watching in detail. 
He knew from the very beginning, you're investigating nothing. You're putting out a drama for the people. And one day, of course, they'll answer for this. As will the FISA court, who has apparently done nothing for, 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 to the people who lied to them. And Jonathan Turley nails this entire circumstance in a very, very quick statement. This is exactly right. He's speaking here prior to the verdict coming out. And if you looked at the jury and where the trial was held, and this around Michael Sussman, who is, in my mind, an utterly disgraced lawyer, just as mobbed up as Perkins Coie, which isn't really a law firm in my mind. It's a money laundering machine. It's a political oppo machine. It's not really a law firm. Here's Jonathan Turley on Fox News. The problem for Durham is the jury and the judge. I mean, he is facing a jury that has three Clinton donors, an AOC donor, and a woman whose daughter is on the same sports team with Sussman's daughter. I mean, the exception of randomly selecting people out of the DNC headquarters, you could not come up with a worse jury. Welcome to Washington, D.C. Right. All right, uh, Jonathan Turley, as always, thank you. Thank you. We're following all of this. Absolutely welcome to Washington, D.C. And this goes to the central theme again, the creation of dual realities. There is a reality that if you are mobbed up, you're fine. See, that's, that's not pretend. That's real. The real fact is Hillary Clinton is far too mobbed up to ever face earthly justice. Which to me means, and look, I, I have to I have to sincerely say this. Well, I can't. I want Hillary Clinton to go to hell. And that's not my decision to make. And I am called, and we are called, to try to pray her into heaven. That's so difficult. But can you imagine the glory that would bring the Lord? If in fact, Hillary truly opened her heart to him. Can, can you imagine the change? If Hillary truly opened her heart to the Lord and truly prayed to, to the Lord, please show me my inequities. Please, Father God, search my heart. Show me my sins. And again, I want to be so careful here. Because the, the, the God has been so gracious at showing me my sins and my inequities. And sometimes he's, he's done it in very, I don't want to say brutal ways, because he's, he's justified in doing this. But he's been spending a lot of time with me saying, hey, I'm going to give you a chance to start over at some things. And let's see if you'll put me at the center this time. So I want to be careful because perhaps my sins are greater than Hillary's. But I, I, I observing Hillary, I, if she were to pray to the Lord sincerely, and say, please search my heart and show me my inequities. That I've, I could see the Father God saying, okay, but Hillary, you don't have 62 years of life for me to show you all of this. So we're called to pray for her, but I'm not trying to be rude when I say, I hope she goes to hell. But that's my, that's, that's my fleshly desire. That's, that's a revenge desire. It doesn't help me to have Hillary go to hell. It doesn't help you to have her go to hell. But it feels like justice. And I do think, and I, and I honestly believe that there's biblical support for this. That they, they're having their reward right now 
They're protected. They're mobbed up. Hillary faces no earthly, no earthly um, response to this. No accountability on an earthly basis. The Bible speaks of the Lord storing up buckets of wrath to eventually pour. And again, let's all be very careful here. You know, walking around calling other people sinners and not regarding our own inequity. Man, Satan loves it when we do that. That's one of his favorite tricks. But the comfort to me is God's personality throughout the Bible is he sees it all. There's going to be accountability. He finds bosses, people who are supposed to be leaders and act this way. He finds it odious. He's so very, very clear about it and so very clear that that all this stuff is going to be seen. And the party continues this. They continue it on guns. The game playing between Mitchell McConnell. If Mitchell McConnell was a man of truth, I, I can tell you what Mitchell McConnell would say. But I don't think Mitchell McConnell's a man of truth. I think he's a man of compromise. And I think he's a compromised man and the two are not the same. Thursday morning, so I know what will happen. Uh, my wife will walk into the bedroom. She will get the digital scale. She will weigh herself. And here's what she's going to be looking at. She's going to be looking at how much unwanted fat have I dropped from my body this week. It will be week 12 next week. And she chose to go super slowly on the weight loss, on the fat loss. And I've every time this happens, I see it. I see her come out of the bedroom and I see a slight smile on her face. And so to weight loss has been this, it's been it. It's been it. My wife has struggled to do it on her own. And look, she's a smart woman. My wife has a really good brain. She's a very, very smart woman. When she sets her mind to something, she does it. Going to teach yourself to build a greenhouse. Okay, I'll go build a greenhouse. Going to study the Bible and become expert in some things. Okay, going to go to the Bible study, going to do that. I'm going to outthink big pharma and try to help our daughter. Okay, well, she knows more about pharmaceuticals than most doctors and psychiatrists. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it. I personally witnessed it. But dropping unwanted fat, it's been a puzzle for this smart woman. So Soda Weight Loss stepped in and we partnered with them, right? They're a partner of the show. Understand something. We pay for the service just like you will. And we don't, we don't take a free ride. Now, I get paid to introduce you to them, but we absolutely pay for the service and it's worth it. The other day, in this, uh, with my wife, I told her, hey, I can, see, I can see in your face that you've lost weight. And she loved that feeling. And last night I saw the same, but it was, it, it was like two days later. More weight gone. This was her decision to do this, not mine. She heard that soda weight loss was coming on board. She said, I want to do this. If I will have my wife on a program and the Lord has told us we're to love our wives as Christ loves the church. If I'll do that and I I would look you in the eye and I have, I've met listeners. I've looked them in the eye and said, absolutely soda weight loss. It's S-O-T-A weightloss.com. The name means state of the art. Next time we talk about soda, we'll talk about the, the science and the art behind it. Please, if the puzzle is puzzling you, stop. Just go get the help. SotaWeightLoss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. 
So in some people's minds, there's this reality uh, where the Democrats, they're, they're just fighting to just get gun control and they're just flustered and, and, and beflummoxed and, and the evil Republicans. And it's not aided. And that, that situation is not aided when we have so-called conservative news networks uh, allowing, and maybe this is sloppiness. I don't mean to criticize Salem Radio News. Um, because Salem Radio does fantastic work. They've got unbelievably brilliant hosts. So I don't mean to criticize. It's frustration. When I listen to a, a, a broadcast and I hear the Salem Radio Network describing the, the, the Democrats want to, the Democrats are going to present 40 bills for gun safety that faces Republicans who are dead set against any form of restraint on gun ownership. What the, the, the Republicans are presenting solutions, or they should be, but they, they, they never do it in a coordinated sense. But the reality of the situation is this. They don't care. This, if Mitchell McConnell knows this is an election year game. They know the well the Democrats will return to. Let's pivot to race and let's go to guns. And oh, and it, it's going to be so easy for them, guys. The gun thing may well work this year. Not to not to take people's guns. They're gonna they'll they'll give that a try. Not to take people's guns, but to change the election equation. Why? Because we're gonna have more mass shootings. No, no. I mean more than we've ever seen. No, no. We are. I'm not pretending to be a prophet. I'm reading people who are forecasting this. Well, how can they forecast this? Because you have destroyed the minds of children. Because you stole two years of their lives with lies. Because you made them wear masks. You took them out of school. You took them out of support groups. You pushed a bunch of them into having, you know, taking drugs that they don't need to take. Only very few people ever benefit from those. So a storm is coming. Dr. Paul Alexander worked for President Trump, Health and Human Services. Dr. Paul Alexander is forecasting 455 mass shootings this year based upon what has happened already. And he also agrees that it's, it's mental health centered. And anybody who is being honest knows it's mental health centered. But there's a reality that exists in the minds of people who have suffered this mass formation psychosis across a long period of time where they firmly believe that it is simply the tool that is the problem. And there is, and here's an example. This is a guy who went after Ted Cruz. This is hard to hear. But I'll describe the circumstance. It's a very typical setup. This guy gets up into the NRA convention. He takes a picture with Ted Cruz. And by the way, the guy who takes a picture with Ted Cruz is really good at pretending. Because in the picture, he smiles. He looks relaxed, which means he's a really, really, really good at deceiving people. And then he turns to Cruz and pretends to want to have a conversation. Now, the fact of, about Cruz is he knows he's on camera. And Ted Cruz is perfectly able to debate anybody. And he's often willing to have these conversations with people. But that's not what this guy wants, because this guy is a victim of this dual reality. 
I don't believe he's acting here as upset as he is at Cruz. So he starts yelling at him. He's getting aggressive, getting up in Cruz's face. He doesn't look like he's going to hit him. But at one point, the security comes to intervene and to push the guy back. And this guy is insane with rage. Yeah. You know, I would encourage you, I gave some half hour speech today in a race because there are actually a lot of laws. Yeah, but can you, can you tell me why? I have a young daughter. I have a young daughter. And I'm going to have a daughter. Can you tell me why it's more important? Why he can't support strongers in the I mean, that's fast right there. Tell me about that. What about that? The dual reality is this. He's not going to go do that outside of a scissor company. Why would I say scissors? Most of you know. Because that's an implement that abortionists stick into the back of the heads of little babies. Sometimes when they're nine months old. He's not going to go blame the, 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 the scissor. But there is a reality that exists in his mind where guns can all be taken. In a country that can't stop people from taking drugs despite a 30-year effort, he, ha- he lives in a reality where they're just going to come and announce, okay, turn in your guns and Americans are going to do it. There's a reality that exists in his mind that's far, far, far bigger than that. It is that enough laws on enough pieces of paper stacked high enough with good enough people behind it doing exactly what makes that man feel warm and safe will in fact create safety. That, that in fact, that men can get together and just prevent this. Why does this keep happening? Well, because there's a sin problem, because we're making kids crazy, because we're destroying mental health, because the Democrats refuse to do even the most simple thing. So on one end, it's tactical. On the other hand, it's advantageous to them, just as the mask 
the woke mask, the face diaper is the greatest political division technique in our lifetimes because you have to wear it or not wear it on your face. This dual reality is the most potent thing keeping us apart. So I can pray for that man that he would get solace and knowledge and come to know the Lord because if he came to know the Lord, he wouldn't be screaming at Ted Cruz. If he continues to believe that guns are the issue, well, then he would not really know the word of the Lord for, in fact, sin is the issue on a spiritual basis. Sin. But so is the sin of negligence, of refusing to care for the least of these of people who do not raise their families up to know right from wrong. Raise my hand right here. I've been guilty of that. But when you bring it back down to the political, they don't care. You bring it right back down to manageable things that could be done. They don't care. It's not gun violence. That's the concern. It's fundraising. And again, I think of God Almighty looking at this saying, you... Uh, it's so dangerous to try to be in the head of the Lord. But I just imagine Lord God sitting there with these people on Judgment Day going, so when you were raising money off of my dead babies, how am I to view that today? How do I do that? I'm having the Bone Frog, and the Bone Frog Coffee is their partner of this show, but they're also something that we're building together. Now, I don't mean to take any credit uh, for Tim's business. Tim Cruikshank is the founder. He's a friend of mine. He's become a friend. And uh, we met through, it's absolutely a, a, a godly intervention, the way that he and I met. Tim's a 25-year Navy veteran. He's a Navy SEAL. And the, the, the thing about the bone frog and at the center of this is this just absolute commitment to excellence in everything. I'll tell you this. I, I mentioned this. When we went to the event in Bothell, uh, I got an email from a listener and she was frustrated because she was trying to figure out which bone frog delivery system she should want. Is it K cup? Does she want espresso beans? Uh, you know, will the, uh, will the drip coffee work in a French, in a French press? She had questions and she hadn't heard back from bone frog. I thought, well, that's weird. I know these guys, they're, they're fantastic at customer service. So I knew I was going to see Tim that night. I wrote back to listeners and said, hey, I'm going to see Tim tonight and I'll tell him. I sent him a note. He immediately wrote back to me. He goes, oh my goodness. Oh, oh yeah, we, we, we called her. Or no, no, he said, we emailed her. I wonder if this got stuck in junk mail. We emailed her. I'll, I'll, I'll see her tonight. She was at the event. I, he said, I'll do what I can to find her tonight, but we'll track this down and we'll figure this out. And it was this past weekend in California, I was talking to someone who's in uh, uh, retired special forces. And I said, in your world, we forgot our night vision goggles. That doesn't work. He goes, nope, it doesn't work. Well, in Tim's world, in the world of bone frog coffee, we forgot this detail or that detail. That doesn't work. It also doesn't work to appoint yourself coffee expert. Tim wanted to start the company. The, some of the proceeds from the company go to support the heroes. Yes, Chris Hayes, they are heroes who gave their lives for this country. But he also went and said, you know what? I want the best coffee roaster in the world to mentor me. Tim's a persuasive man. He got that done. Dave Stewart, coffee legend. So here's the thing. We're building this company together. We are. It's bonefrog.us. That's where you get 5% off lifetime subscription to their coffee service. Bonefrog.us. I won't take credit. I just want you to know that we together are helping our brother Tim build this company, bonefrog.us. They don't care 
Let's take it from the sublime, the spiritual level, knowing that God sees all. And man, I hope that can give you some comfort because I know often I feel like screaming at, as I'm doing show prep and I'm watching videos, you don't see this. I feel like I want to take that guy aside who's screaming at Cruz when he's calm and say, do you understand that everybody who surrounded you had guns? Do you understand that the people who were politely pushing you away from Senator Cruz because you were getting heated, because when people get heated, they might do stupid things. They did not want you to hit the senator. They don't know you. They don't want you to hit Ted Cruz because their job is to protect him. But also they don't want you to go to prison because you you are traumatized and you think that removing tools from society will remove sin from society. I would love to sit with them and say, how come they didn't shoot you? All of them are armed. Why do you think they didn't just shoot you dead? Because they're not mentally ill. Because they've not been left swinging in the mental, mental illness breeze. Likewise, they haven't been traumatized into believing that the only thing that, that, that they can do in life is be criminals. And, and this is what's been done in the inner cities. We'll get to that. First of all, here's Jean, Jean-Pierre. Now, when you listen to this, she is the, um, she's the press secretary for the White House. And I just, I, I, I beg you to remember that Karine Jean-Pierre is same-sex attracted and black. So for gosh sake, have some respect. Okay, she is black and same-sex attracted. So keep that in mind as you listen and give her bonus points. So what she's going to say is utterly ridiculous. But remember, she's same-sex attracted and black. So, so let's all mentally reduce by 82% the ridiculousness of what Jean-Pierre says. Um, and so the, problems is, the problem is what with, is with guns and not, having, uh, and not having legislation to really deal with an issue uh, that is a pandemic here in this country. Uh, and so, uh, you, you know, that is, that is not his focus. Uh, obviously, and uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to schools, and and I don't know what he said specifically about about schools. I know there's been uh, conversation about hardening schools. That is not something that he believes in. He believes that we should be able to to give uh, teachers the resources to be able to do the job uh, that they're meant to do at schools. Um, and this is something that uh, he's been focusing on uh, since he was a vice, vice president. So those are two things that he does not agree on. Uh, but look, he thinks there's a way uh, to potentially have, uh, potentially come for, for uh, senators to come together um, and Congress to come together. They should. They need to act. Is it possible to hear that and say that's a well-prepared woman? That woman's got it down. She's well-prepared. She's studied the issue. Is there a way to do that? Yes. To live in the dual reality, to live in that other reality. And man, oh boy, do I really want to say it this way? When you've been taught that the blacks are stupid and the blacks can't keep up with modern society or any society and the blacks can't be expected to come to meetings on time and the blacks can't be expected to to not shoot one another and the blacks can't be expected to not deal drugs that's what 
the left has been taught. They say it sometimes. Oh, look, uh, you know, black kids are just as good and valuable as, uh, as rich kids. Man, it's storybook. I tell you, this Obama uh, is storybook. You know, he's, he's a clean, articulate African-American, and you can't even, it, it doesn't even speak with an African-American accent. Storybook, man. You ain't black. You don't vote for me. And there's a reality where that's not racism. There's a reality where I'm the racist and what is it, homophobe or trans? No, homophobe, right? For pointing out that that woman has her job because she's same-sex attracted and has dark skin, period. And to the tactical point, let's look at it this way. We've been blessed with a lot of rain in, in both, well, both Idaho's, southern and north Idaho. I'm in north today. But we have forest fire season. It's become a reality. So we can have lots of talks about the reality of forest fire season. And you could do some things. Or you could just say, let's make sure that we don't have any lightning. Let's just do that. And campfires often start this. So let's make sure that we ban the matches. And then we got to go around and collect the matches. Well, lightning is sin. We're not going to stop it. You're not going, politics won't stop a sin problem. Turning to the Lord will. Tactically speaking, matches are guns. We're not going to get them. So what if instead on your property, you cut down the fuel that exists around your property. So like we, we owe this on, on our property behind our house. I need to go thin the trees out. Some of the older trees, I need to have them felled and cleaned out. Or let's make sure that, hey, you know what? If you're in a real far, uh, area with forest fires, let's make sure that you have a, um, a really fire resistant siding and roof. Okay, check on the siding, like to get a roof done. Hey, we've had a lot of burglaries in the area. Well, how are they getting there? In cars, bad cars. Well, or you could install security systems that alert your neighbors in, an, in a neighborhood like this. <laughs> Honestly, if you come and break in in a neighborhood like this, you'd best hope that the alarm goes to the cops and not the neighbors. So they won't even discuss the hardening of schools with, with simple technology. Nor will they discuss the fact that that woman is the biggest argument against affirmative action. Because she's insipid. And I'll say it again and say it a thousand more times. I am certain that she has some talent somewhere. God doesn't leave people bereft of talents. But telling the truth is not one of hers. And then there's Lori Lightfoot. I don't body shame, but somehow this condition of Lori Lightfoot, the liar, the incompetent is made worse by the way she looks. And I'm just being honest. 
And hey, take a good look at me. You think that I don't walk around wondering about the way I look? Lord does give us talents. Mine is not being good looking. I'm fine with that, really. Lori Lightfoot issued a call to arms to defend her opportunity to see more babies killed. She is asked about that. You issued a violent tweet, called arms, and since then, we've had multiple instances of mob violence in downtown Chicago. Will you recall, rescind your violent tweet to uh, call to arms? No, let, yes him, let, no. Him, let, him, let him talk. The more Will he talks, you, the more stupid he sounds. Please continue. Will you rescind your call to arms tweet? In the light of the mass shooting in downtown Chicago, so, as stupid as you think that may be. The call to arms, a call to action that I issued in the context of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and basically turn back the clock 50 years time where women are not going to be able to be in control of their, of their bodies. No, sir, I will not. I will not stand down. I will not retreat. You do that shit. Yeah, tell me. You act like an animal. Respect you, respect her. That is the last time you that 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 right there. That was the advisor. That was a staffer. It's a lightfoot. You act like an animal to her. She respects you. You respect her. Yeah, the respect she offered was calling him stupid for speaking threats. Call to arms. Once again, there are those in the party who know stinking well exactly what they're doing, like Fauci. I'm going to prove that again. And then there are people like Lightfoot. Lightfoot is in office because God allows it. Why does God allow this? Well, again, I can't speak for the Lord. I can't find biblical support for this. Well, actually, I can. The Lord leaves people to their own devices. You deserve a Lori Lightfoot. This is who you deserve. Here's your king. This is who you deserve. Or you could turn to me and start to desire godly leaders, and then you won't have situations like this, right? Because we could have godly leaders. Zach Abraham's going to join us um, the second hour today. Man, every time I say that, I say, I should say, God willing, Zach's going to join us. I cannot wait I cannot wait to ask him about Janet Yellen and and saying that she was, you know, she just couldn't see the inflation coming. Um, look, I, I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. She speaks of it as if it's just water. <laughs> that inflation, man, it's just going to find this level. It's Well, in a, in a way, that's true, but she speaks of it as if it's just a, a river. I didn't know which direction the river's going to take. I, I didn't know which direction the fire's going to take. That's so weird because Zach Abraham, for a decade, has been warning us about high inflation, specifically over the past three years, because he saw all the signs. Now, you can hear that and go, well, so did I. Well, good. It's awesome. A lot of us did. Here's the difference between me and Zach and maybe between you and Zach. Zach's obsessed with dealing with the financial system that we have. And he knows it's rigged. So he's that even more obsessed. But he's also excited. 
because these people show their hand so very, very clearly. In his mind, they're going to continue to starve energy and, and the core of the products needed for things like their pipe dream of solar. They're going to continue to starve coal, et cetera. And he watches so carefully, he and his team at Bulwark Capital Management, they watch what the big players are doing and they're hedged, meaning that they're, they, they spread their bets. The, the stuff that Zach keeps in his head and his team keeps in his head at Bulwark Capital Management, it befuddles me because I don't like it. I don't like finance. Zach loves it. Maybe you love it. Maybe you're an active investor. Good for you. If not... You might be stuck in that 60-40 stock bond mix that grandpa and grandma taught us about. Guys, that doesn't apply anymore. Not in this environment, not with what the party is doing. So, simple suggestion. Call Bulwark Capital Management. Talk to them about their absolute obsession with risk management. Particularly, guys, if you are three years from retirement, get with the firm that is focused on risk management, meaning that you never lose that nest egg, like even a 10% loss, a 15% loss in your portfolio the year you retire means mm, I'm probably not going to retire now. Bower Capital Management's at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or you can simply visit knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative, Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. The lies, why spend time on them? Because God sees all. Because as I go through these series of lies, it comforts me to no end, to know that the Lord sees all of this. And it comforts me to no end to remember that let's give to God what is God's. He knows they're lying. He's watching it in detail. He sees them in the back rooms. He, he sees that all. Now let's remember this that we have an opportunity to share with our kids a basis to not be deceived like Fauci deceived. We'll get to that in a second. If we would just do these things in our homes and in our, in our greater communities. As we're watching the unfolding of a healthcare catastrophe and it's being hidden from half the country or more if you listen to this podcast, you are amongst the small group of people who know the all-cause mortality story. Over 200% increase with millennials, 40% overall. You're a small group of people who know and have clicked on the links from Ethical Skeptic to look at the details of the 86,000 people that have been killed, non-natural cause deaths. And this is not the total. It's the down payment. 86,000 people because of the medically useless, deadly, politically targeted lockdowns to on the way to you will own nothing and be happy. You know these things. But let us remember the words of a man who knew at the time he was lying. Fauci knows lockdowns don't work because Fauci's team wrote the book on lockdowns. Don't do them because the World Health Organization, before they changed the course, said they don't work. We played the words of a former WHO scientist, Dr. David Bell, on this yesterday. This is Fauci, who is never going to face 
any serious earthly consequences from this. But remember, as he speaks these words, March 31, 2020, God Almighty is watching him and God Almighty knows, Fauci, your whole team said this stuff doesn't work. He knew what Fauci had planned. He knew that Fauci was going to pretend that we didn't have immune systems. He knows Fauci's motives. So what Dr. Burks has really said very simply is that there are really two dynamic forces that are opposing each other here. As I've mentioned several times in our briefings, the virus, if left to its own devices, will do that dark curve that Dr. Burks showed you. The other dynamic force is what we are doing, what we're trying to do, and what we will do in the form of mitigation. Now, these are very revealing bits of data because you saw what happened in Italy where you make the turn around the curve and you go. That doesn't happen all at once. It's a stepwise fashion. And if I explain the steps, which I will, you'll see why we are really convinced that mitigation is going to be doing the trick for us. Well, three weeks into that, we knew that was not going to happen. He knew that was not going to happen. God knows that he knew. Not to go all princess bride on us, but we know. The Lord has allowed us to see the truth. Again, again, COVID is not mentioned in the Bible, but living in the truth is. Becoming harder to deceive is. The former Surgeon General, Jerome Adams under Trump, listen to him very, very carefully as he's mentioned something about the rate of death that then they stopped mentioning. They knew. Fauci pretended everybody was at risk, but they knew. This is from March 18, 2020. People out and about, you had three states holding votes yesterday. Do you think people are sensing the urgency? Well, I think we're starting to turn a corner and people really are. It's because it's starting to affect people who they see and know. I have a 15 and a 14 year old son at home and they don't care what dad says, even if dad is the Surgeon General of the United States. But by golly, they they know that Kevin Durant just got diagnosed with the coronavirus and they're taking it seriously. And, and you're modeling the behavior that we want people to model. We want them to understand that, look, uh, chances are you don't have coronavirus. Uh, chances are, if you do have it, you will recover based on the Korea data, 99.3% of people recover. But what we don't want to do is have you or anyone else out there spreading it to people who are at higher risk. He said it. If you wanted to live with the fantasy that you could stop a respiratory virus, then your focus would have been, as the Great Barrington Declaration said, 100% on people who could get sick, who, who could die from it. 100%. None of this ever needed to happen. The people who stole your businesses and your jobs and your children's psychiatric uh, well-being, mental health, those same people are now coming to you to get their jobs in this election cycle. It sickens me. The so-called Republicans who were locked down governors got, got, got to go back in office, got to go run in the general election. It makes me ill. And the Lord is watching. And this is Washington, D.C., so let's remember one thing. As the FDA is shoving this garbage mRNA into the arms of kids 5 to 11 years old, 
as they continue to pretend that this stuff was ever well intended because it can't have been. How on earth before they stuck this in people did I tell you it would cause these illnesses and deaths? How did I, how was I a rodeo clown able to tell you this stuff would not stop the virus because I turned to experts who actually explain their positions. They don't simply say, well, I'm an expert. They explain it with historical precedents. That's how I could read Geert van den Borsch and say, okay, he has laid this out completely. This is how these things work. But yeah, the FDI's, FDA's complaint, don't, 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 don't criticize our employees. Taking the posture of a reformer, which is what I think that we definitely need. And I do believe that you have a capacity, a unique capacity to be that reformer. Um, I, am, um, I believe that this infant formula crisis is a symptom of the broader systemic structural problems with food safety and in the food division that we have at the FDA. And so um, I urge you to adopt that reforming um, posture as we move forward. Can I comment um, with yeah, the permission on that? Is not, oh. I, it, okay. it, Continue. As, as we discussed in detail yesterday in the, in the hearing, I do consider myself to be a reformer here. I knew coming in, I'd gotten multiple phone calls. I, was, I saw the problems in the food side of the FDA before. It's ma been massively underfunded. And what, what I am uh, appearing to be maybe defensive about is I do not think castigating the FDA employees is the appropriate um, approach to reforming an organization. Yes, don't criticize. People who have caused hundreds and hundreds of thousands of deaths and probably more who are paid off by pharma, who are bought and purchased. Yeah, don't, don't criticize. Washington, D.C. Our choice is we can be angry or we can look at that and go, God sees it. How about if we concentrate on our godly behavior? To me, that's the key. Let's concentrate on our godly behavior. It's the key to me. Deuteronomy. I used, to, I used to be uncomfortable with the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may be increasingly uh, increased greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your uh, ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, of, uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord your God, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today to be able to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols to your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them in your door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of goods you did not provide. Wells you did not dig and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And people can be slaves in a lot of ways.
such as being a mind slave. Let us never become mind slaves and let us give our kids spiritual immunity to being mind slaves. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate your support. As always, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful that the Lord told us how to give our kids spiritual immunity.